Lots of economic news happening right now that, of course, myself and Tim Pachote, the Liberty Advisor, will be getting into right now. And I think one of the biggest headlines is the fact that the government is investigating the government after a half of dozen U.S. senators committed insider trading when they knew a major crisis was happening from classified intelligence briefings. And they decided to profit off of it instead of warn and prepare the general public for it. And as that's going on, before we get into that, there's even bigger news about the government and the Federal Reserve possibly buying up the private sector and buying up stocks. Tim, this is major moves and would have another major implication to just the absolute insanity that we're seeing in the markets happening right now. What do you make of this news? Yeah, thanks, Luke. And this is about as big. I mean, I can't emphasize that this is about as big a news as like there possibly is, at least if you're a financial geek or, you know, you care about this country or you care about, you know, not turning us into Venezuela. But here we have the headline of CNBC. Nothing is out of the question what it would take for the Fed to start buying stocks. Now, they already sort of have an end run around doing this already, because what the big banks are able to do right now is the banks are able to uh, take stocks they have on their books and then pledge it as collateral, which means that they then get cash back for that. So the, the Fed is taking possession of the stock right now and then giving the banks cash, which is you know sort of like uh, buying stocks, but not, I guess, 100% outright buying stocks. But this is bombshell, bombshell information. And it's something that we knew was going to eventually be coming. I, I mentioned at during my Anna Capoco speech that I thought that this is where things would eventually go. Now, the pace of how quickly this has deteriorated has even uh, sort of surprised me. But getting into this article we see here, the Federal Reserve has unleashed what what's frequently been called a bazooka in its effort to calm the markets. Its next, its next step could be to go nuclear. Should conditions on Wall Street deteriorate significantly, the central bank could go where it's never gone before, to passively intervene in the stock market for the first time ever, according to market analysts and economists. The Fed has already unloaded at an unprecedented level of ammunition against the t t tumult brought on by the coronavirus. So doing more would make it would take it even further into uncharted territories. And then it goes on to say that uh, you know if there are any major dis disallocations in the market, aka the market going down, it is clear. And of course, my my screen decided that it would move on me, but uh, so I'm trying to find out where, <laughs> where it was. Uh, but yeah, I mean some of the other things that are going on right now is the bank. You had uh, Boston Fed President Rosengren who March 6, and I, this is something that we have brought up a few times here that they had talked about that we should allow central banks to purchase a broader range of securities or assets, aka stocks. Now this is one of the Federal Reserve governors actually saying this, not Tim Pachote. Uh Then we've got corporate bonds, uh, unlimited QE, and what the article goes on to say is that basically the Fed is already now you know stepped away from only originally they were only going to buy I don't say only uh, treasury securities and mortgage-backed securities now they're buying corporate bonds and this this is very risky this is you know we had talked about how the cure is worse than the disease well the disease is pretty bad and they're making this even worse and so we're going on here nothing is out of the question the question is will it be needed has the fed fed done enough to stabilize the market to ease stress so markets can function normally and properly and then i would argue the fed has no business making sure the market is is working properly all they should be doing well, they shouldn't be doing anything they shouldn't yeah. even exist and the biggest point that i have to make for people is the fact that our money and i hate using our money because it's not our money it's the crown's money but the money that we use the currency we use has to be borrowed into the existence let me back it up even further it doesn't have to be that's how the system that was created 
was designed to entrap us, was designed to enslave us, was designed to make us serfs, was that we have to borrow our money from a private central bank that never had the money to begin with. So there's always going to be more debt than there is money. It's, a, it's basically high-tech slavery. I'm not even using that in hyperbole. So now all these people... It, it's, high, it's highway robbery, Tim. And then by their actions, they're making the collapse that much worse. They're going to make the pain of this that much worse than it has to be. Instead of naturally having a correction, they're building on top of the pile of crap that's going to hit us soon. That's that, that's what I think. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. They're building upon this pile. Another one of the how this pile could go down is you've got uh, an article here, Ontario Pension Funds Facing Shortfalls Already Have a Funding Holiday. Another article from Wall Street Journal. After Fed unleashes firepower, Washington rearms central bank. And the reason that they're having to go ahead and do this is because of something called sequence of return risk. This is something that I uh, focus on heavily during my 2019 Anarcha talk, which was called crisis retiring, how you can prevent your, your basically how to retire into a crisis-like environment, which, you know, if that isn't timely now, I don't know what is. We'll have links down below where you guys can text, change the news, one word to 71441 get on our text list, also get um, that presentation as well as the presentation from the year before that as well. But but the reason that this is so important is because if the market were to go down, a lot of these uh, 62, a lot of the, uh, you know, the seniors during 2008, they were only 62 years old. The oldest ones were in the baby boom. Well, now it's 12 years later. Now they're 74 years old. They realize they didn't save enough money. Most of their equity is in their home. They're going to have to then sell their homes to then downsize. Most of them haven't saved enough. About 60% have less than $100,000 saved who are 55 to 65 years old. And so it creates this whole perfect storm where even if you keep this going along, it doesn't change the underlying fundamental problem that people are broke, that everybody's broke. Not Obviously not everybody. I mean, there's top 10% are doing very well. And I'm not uh, you know, disparaging them or not saying that people shouldn't be trying to do well. You know, I'm growing in the face of all this. I know Luke and I at Change the News over here, we're trying to grow in the face of this. And so we do, you know, appreciate when you guys like and uh, subscribe and you know, tell other people about what we're doing over here. But this is, uh, you know, just absolutely unprecedented. I, you know, and I would say that I can't believe what they're doing, but actually, I, I guess I can believe it. I just can't believe how quickly we've gotten here. We see another article here, why the Dow's best week in 82 years is no reason to get bullish. And, uh, you know, it goes on to say over here towards the bottom. And for some reason, all of my uh, highlights decided that they would uh, erase it before we went on air. But uh, we've got, uh, was it Muhammad Al-Aryan saying it's hard to make the definitive case for either of these. There's simply too much uncertainty about the severity and duration of the underlying disruptor, the spread of the coronavirus, the extent of damage already done to economies and markets, and the smoothness of the eventual process to restart the economy. And it goes up to say that basically he thinks that this is, could be similar to the, the dead cat bounce that we saw between September 2008 and March 2009. Now, dead cat bounce is just when you've got the, the market just railing a lot just because it, it had fallen. But we've also never had a situation where we were willing to have you know $6 trillion of total stimulus put into the system just for America. Yeah, we've got the $2 trillion bill, but altogether it's about $6 trillion if you add everything up. And now that the Fed is talking about buying stocks, I mean, what does that mean? They're already buying bonds, they're buying stocks. And we had said, you know, a week or two ago, we titled the video, uh, maybe it was on the red lettering down below, but it said the Fed to buy the world. And so, I mean, our, the founders of the country knew this, and that's why they said if we ever allow a private central bank to issue the currency and credit of this nation, first by inflation, then by deflation, we'll end up homeless on the continent or forefathers conquered. And this is where we're at. We're in the end game. We're in the checkmate. Right now, with the Fed's coming in, disrupting the market, they're just making it worse. And so, uh, 
and, and so for me, when it came to an investment standpoint, I usually have a pretty good idea of what was going on. But I remember giving that talk to Anacapoco and saying, listen, there could be just as much of a chance of the market going up 50% as there is dropping 50% because what they're going to do is they're only going to let the market go down about 20% and then they're going to have to step in with all the guns, you know, metaphorically speaking. I mean, the article was even saying the Fed's going to go nuclear because we need to have them come in, start buying everything because we, we can't have losses anymore because if there are losses, these pension funds cannot absorb any losses. Their seniors, the, pe- the pensioners are taking the money out. There's no time for this to recover both on the bond market, which is a bigger problem than the stock market, and in the stock market. And then, you know, we'll, uh, you know, Luke was talking about the insider trading that's going on. What people don't realize, there actually was something called the Stock Act or Stop Trading on Congressional Knowledge Act. And, uh, you know, you'd think that it would stop this stuff, but, you know, apparently, you know, it's sort of almost like legalized a little bit to the extent of what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. If you can, Tim, try to try to explain that a little bit, but let's give people a little bit of context from what's going on. And I just want to kind of preface everything by saying, You know, if you look at history, when we see central controllers, that's usually a sign of bad things to come. Government is not here to rescue you. The Fed, the banksters are not here to rescue you. They haven't been doing that, and they're not going to be doing that now. You need a reality check if you're living in that la-la land reality. What government is good for? Well, they're good for screwing you over, just like the half-dozen senators That knew this crisis was happening, decided to do insider trading, decided to sell out their stocks. They got information that no one else was privy to. They told you not to worry, even though they knew a major crisis was coming. And now the government is investigating the government as the FBI is looking into, of course, these senators, specifically Senator Richard Burr. And Richard Burr is protecting himself by hiring a legal counsel. And can you guess who he hired? Well, Someone who's an aider and a better to the larger government child trafficking abuse operation of Jeffrey Epstein. His lawyer is a former DOJ assistant attorney general, Alice Fisher, that is her name, and she's the one that stopped victim notification letters from going out to the young children that Jeffrey Epstein abused. This is what government's good for. This is what government is. And now we're seeing another cover-up that most likely won't see any justice at all of these high-ranking senators, of these high-ranking government officials that also are a part of a larger child trafficking and abuse operation. Uh, And then you expect, you expect this institution, this corrupt, nasty, disgusting trash to save you? You expect them to, you, you're happy that you, you got, you got a little bit of, a little bit of freaking, freaking, freaking crumbs throwing away. $250 billion. Meanwhile, you passed the bill that's $2 trillion. You're happy. You got your little $1,200 check. It's nothing, nothing compared to the highway robbery that's happening right now, right in front of our eyes with just the expansion of central control, expansion of just idiotic government moves that's going to expand from here. I mean, I don't see it any other way, Tim. Yeah, well, I mean, the government, I mean, they've got a lot of uh, priorities. So, I mean, over here, and this is actually, we're going to skip to the Indian government. So, moratorium on credit card dues may lead to windfall for banks if users delay monthly repayments. And so, what they're suggesting is that they will allow you to, uh, you know, have a moratorium on your payment, but they're still going to charge you interest during this whole time. So, you know, of course, you know, we, the people, I mean, I, I obviously, this is uh, India, but this just goes to show you, you know, you know how governments just in general think. And uh, I know I didn't want to get break into song and dance, but you're saying, what is it good for? It's like that song. It's like, what is it good for? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Because that's exactly for, you know, I guess they're, they're good for, you know, if you're in the private jet business, 
because even the private jet companies are getting billions in aids from this coronavirus bailout. So, uh, you know, so the banks, we still have to, get, have to pay interest. Uh, in Egypt over here, they're, they're limiting withdrawals. So, I mean, they're limiting it to uh, $635 a day. Uh, you know, we've got, you know, you just mentioned the Epstein's lawyer is the same one that's helping it out. And then uh, I did see another art, another article, too, where it, where it showed uh, Trump and somebody asked him about these $1,200 checks and what's it going to mean for uh, for your landlord. And what he was saying, he's like, just tell your landlord, your landlord will be cool with it. And so the show, <laughs> the show uh, I don't know, it, it's a CNN clip, so I don't know if we can play this or not, Luke, if there's 10 or 20 seconds of it. But uh, it actually... 10, it, 10, 20, 10 seconds we can. Right. 10, 20 seconds we can. All right, all, right, let, all right, let's get this bad boy going then. I'm going to worry about paying rent. I've got mortgages through HUDs taken care of, but I'm just curious about rent. What should people be doing for the first well, month? Well, they're going to be getting the money. Uh, I will tell you, I think landlords are going to take it easy. We may put out a statement on that. I think a lot of people that are owed money are going to take it easy. They don't sort of have a choice. Yeah, you're going to be they're going to be taking it easy. So just tell your just show your landlord this clip, and then uh, everything's going to be all, all cool, Luke. Yeah, you got the Trump check. The Trump. <laughs> Sorry, I'm eating here. Oh, he, oh, and he even he even wanted to make it so that way his signature went out on every single check that was there. So, uh, you know, it's just. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Federal Reserve buying stocks, this is absolutely unprecedented. I mean, this is actual. I mean, I've been saying that this is this is fascism. Uh, the Bank of Japan, now the Bank of Japan has been doing this for quite some time. So we go over here, go to the article, and we've got other central banks have done it. It's the ETF route that the Bank of Japan has taken, since Vincent Reinhardt of BNY Mellon. And it goes on to say that uh, the BOJ, the Bank of Japan, has had $256 billion in U.S. Uh, dollar terms that they bought at the end of the fourth quarter just in equity funds represents 80% of their entire market and now the Bank of Japan is buying 110 billion dollars annually so if you have a central bank which you know technically I don't know if it is fascism because it's technically not it's technically a private bank but if you have the the government which is you know you know the Federal Reserve that is now which I guess technically isn't the Federal Reserve uh, you know coming in and buying up stocks that is a private company uh, mixed with the state and then when you have the private ownership of corporations by uh, by the government, that is fascism. That's what's going on. And where's Antifa talking about this? Where's Antifa decrying this fascism? It's that they're not. They're always they're the ball. Their eyes on something else. They're always getting us to fight on these little stupid political football issues. And for me, the number one issue is the Federal Reserve. It's the fact that we are slaves. And there is no coincidence that it says King's Ransom behind me because our money is not our money. It is currency. It's owned by other people. We have to borrow it into existence. And the best analogy, actually, I heard somebody at Anarchapoco who corrected me on my analogy and said, actually, I've got a better one for you. So imagine you're on an island. There's three people on an island. You've got a, a, a banker, you've got a carpenter, and you've got a maid. There are only two people that exist on the island. There's no money on the island. So one day the banker decides, hey, you know what? Uh, we're going to go create $100 out of thin air. And so they're going to they're gonna have interest on that money. And then the carpenter says, hey, well, you know what? I want to go help build a store. So he borrows the money from the banker who never had it to begin with. And now let's say at the end, of, it's a one-year loan. And let's say because of interest, he has to pay back, let's say, $104. Well, they only created $100. So we're going to get the other $4 from well, then you've got to borrow that into existence. And so it creates a system where we are essentially high-tech slaves. Now, we could mitigate that by having other countries getting enslaved to us, but we're not even doing that that well. We are the biggest debtor nation in the history of the world that we pissed all that away. You know, in the, in the, And so this is a calamity of gigantic proportions that is not going to end well, no matter how much these central planners think it's going to end well. And I don't care what scheme or what trick they have up their book is eventually not going to work. And I'm smart enough to know that I'm not smart enough to know 
that I, you know, to think that I could be, you know, controlling some lever, some little dial over there at the Federal Reserve, because I know I'm smarter than all of those idiots over there. And but I know that nobody should have that job. The Fed shouldn't even exist. If you are going to have a Federal Reserve, you should have it be nationalized and have it, have it be have. The, I mean, there's no reason that the Treasury couldn't do what the Fed is doing. There's no reason why we couldn't just issue money that doesn't have any debt associated with it. And if they can just print up the money to begin with, why do we even have to pay taxes? So I'm not saying don't go pay your taxes because I'm a financial advisor and they'll come and use that clip against me. But Luke, why do we have to pay taxes if they can just print up all the money to begin with? It's to control us. That's why they have us paying taxes. Yeah, it's like a, a fairy tale land of la la uh, unicorns and ponies and all this other nonsense that is just completely nonsensical. I mean, if you really look at it, why give you a check? Why just not stop stealing from you? How about that? You know, that, that's a crazy idea there. But but that's a conversation that should be had. That's why we're here. We're here to have these kinds of rational, common sense conversations, which uh, sadly you don't see anywhere on the mainstream media. You don't see any government officials. It's they, they've gone crazy. They lost their mind. Uh, Humpty Dumpty, it's exploding. It's going crazy. I can keep going on and on, but stay tuned for more coverage here yes, on we are Change. Change.org. Joined, of course, by Tim Pichette, the Liberty Advisor. And Tim, we are going to piss off a lot of people in this video because we are going to be addressing a lot of the disinformation out there. Now, there are instances where people online with their theories are correct, but there's also instances where they're very incorrect. There's also times where the mainstream media is correct and times where the mainstream media is absolutely incorrect. And this is why we're going to address all of that and try to clear up some of the mud muddy waters that a lot of media people are, of course, navigating. A lot of people are going off saying that this is a total hoax. A lot of people are saying that this is the end of the world. Well, again, the truth is somewhere in the middle, which we are going to be addressing in this video. Now, uh, the first thing that I, I really wanted to, to talk about is this new hashtag. Uh, it's hashtag film your hospitals that's been go going all throughout social media and it's encouraging people to show up to their hospitals and to start f filming. <laughs> uh, and um, this is a bad idea. <laughs> this is a real, real, real bad idea. I have a lot of people actually attacking me right now. Um, there's, there's a couple people saying, if you're a real journalist, you'd go out there to the hospitals and you would film with your phone and you would open the door with your hands and touch the buttons and the elevators and then touch your phone and then put your phone in. Absolutely ridiculous. I don't even show up to the hospital when I need to go to the hospital outside of this craziness lunacy that's happening right now. There's superbugs in New York City hospitals already spreading way before uh, <laughs> way before this entire uh, sickness is, is of course taking grip of a lot of people there but Jason uh, Justin yeah. actually made a really good video about this I actually just tweeted about this so check out my Twitter but he addressed this particular hashtag that's been started by a right winger promoted by some Fox News journalists um, and, and and again uh, some of the some of the points that Justin King made just to shorten up why I, I believe what I believe right now uh, is uh, you know you know a lot of the bigger kind of videos are coming out and saying look there's no one here at the hospitals and 
That's true. There's not a lot of people at the hospitals because hospitals have shut down a lot of their operations according to the advice that they've been giving because they expect a huge upsurge in cases to come in. Elective procedures have been shut down. So people aren't getting surgeries done and other uh, things that they usually get done in order to make room for what they expect to be an uptick in cases. A lot of people are going into emergency rooms showing that they hate. There's not a lot of people in the emergency rooms. Well, the emergency room is just a small part of the hospital. You're in the ER if you usually cut a finger, not if you have the sniffles. A lot of the beds are empty in hospitals. A lot of the people have been kicked out. A lot of the people aren't in uh, driving and don't have their cars in there. And that's costing the hospitals money. So out of all of this, I, I, I don't see uh, you know, hospitals hurting themselves this much and coordinating themselves this much with hospitals in uh, all, all across the United States or all across the world as some kind of plan. I don't believe that's the case. And I do believe it's a bad idea uh, to go to these locations uh, because, again, they are hotbeds for a lot of this sickness to spread. And there are some videos coming out and there are some photos coming out showing of those most affected by this. Again, we have to understand the ER is a very small part of the hospital. The hospital is very big and they're trying to keep people as separated as they can. They're setting up field hospitals uh, in hotels, in even Central Park, in convention centers. Um, and again, this is this is a serious situation and we are taking it seriously as you're getting some images from some uh, nurses inside of hospitals in the United States. But also, uh, I just don't see how this could be coordinated with hospitals with, with in Iran, hospitals in Italy, hospitals in Spain, hospitals in Germany at the same time. I, I just don't see the level of coordination that people are trying to kind of explain uh, what they're trying to explain. Now, there, there is some disinformation. There is some propaganda, especially by mainstream media outlets uh, that were first underplaying the significance of this, telling you that it's just the flu. Don't worry about it. Go outside, go to the parades, go have fun. Uh, and now the mainstream media is also just... Uh, trying to hype things up as CBS was caught using footage from an Italian hospital trying to portray it as a New York City hospital. Again, uh, this is nothing new from what the mainstream media does. The mainstream media sometimes even previously showed a firework and firing drill exercise in uh, the United States as supposedly a major attack by Turkey against the Kurds. Again, uh, the mainstream media fakes footage all the time. There's even footage of them <laughs> faking an Iraqi bombing. Uh, this is not unprecedented, but it's also disgusting and it should be called out uh, for just lying and perpetrating a lie to the American people. And, and, and doing this hurts them, hurts their reputation, and of course, spurs people not to believe them. And, and you shouldn't always believe the mainstream media. You should always be skeptical of them because they do stupid, ridiculous things like this and they deserve to be called out for well, it. So in this instance- And Luke, yeah. I'm gonna I'm posting up on screen right now. We've got the fake news report where CNN was on top of their studios in Atlanta, Georgia, pretending that they were in Saudi Arabia and they've got like the fake like air sirens going off in the background. So we're playing that one up right now. And so I mean, CNN, they've been fake news for a very long time. They've got their fake Scud missiles that they're holding up. And uh, we're not, because of uh, fair usage, I'm not going to actually play the entire thing here. But yeah, I mean, these, these people have been at this uh, for a very, very long time. And uh, that's, you know, the MO of the media, fake news.
Yeah, so this is an incident where the mainstream media is completely wrong, deserves to be called out, deserves to be scrutinized, and people deserve to know about this. But, of course, uh, you know, the World Health Organization and other government agencies are the ones that are squashing independent media and promoting this garbage nonsense out there uh, to you, uh, to the American people. And then, of course, this is dividing people to extremes. Uh, which we're trying to prevent. There's also some other reports of people saying that their loved ones didn't pass away from this new sickness, but from pre-existing conditions. And of course, this also is sparking a debate to how countries are recording mortality rates uh, because of this sickness. Uh, you look at Germany. Germany is only listing people who die from this, but don't have comorbidities. Italy is listing everyone who dies from comorbidities or from this. This is why the numbers are so different in Germany than they are in Italy. It all depends on your reporting. There's some incidences of people complaining online. I haven't been able to verify this, that their loved ones did pass away, but they didn't pass away from their uh, from this sickness, but from a comorbidity. So again, it all depends on how you're seeing it. But when we look at footage from Iran, from Italy, from Spain, we, we could see this is this is something legitimate. Uh, this is something to take seriously. This is something that is ahead of us that we could have prevented, that we could have avoided, but we didn't because of poor decisions of individuals not taking this seriously. Look what's happening in Italy right now, where literally we're seeing a breakdown of society, a total quarantine zone, the sickness spreading, uh, you know, out of control. Doctors and nurses getting sick. They're being overwhelmed, and people just dropping dead. Of course, majority of them dropping dead. It's, it's important to note here comorbidity but you also need to understand the vast amount of spread of this sickness was done by people in italy who thought that they were healthy because they had the sickness and weren't showing any symptoms because of it and they found out especially after studying one town in italy that the major spread of this virus came from people who thought that they didn't have it so again this is why i always say take this seriously but question everything and edward snowden even makes this point which i totally agree with and he says that this sickness could give governments invasive new data collection powers that could last long after that pandemic yes there are some people that will take advantage of this crisis uh yeah that's a very that's a very easy prediction to make I'll, i'll go long on that one i mean the government taking advantage of any situation that they can Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Ram Emanuel also said, never let a good crisis go to waste. I'm, I'm ad-libbing here. And this is what they're going to be doing. This is They're going to be taking advantage of this. And whatever rights you relinquish by not being responsible for yourself, by not taking care of yourself, they're going to swoop in, take it away from you. And the best way to prevent that, in my opinion, is, of course, to be skeptical of you know the mainstream media, skeptical of people like Bill Gates, who lies about his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein, skeptical of large organizations that the mainstream media and government prop up, like the World Health Organization that's really in the hands of pockets and really uh, is just a criminal organization that I talked about on the main channel yesterday. But for me, the main answer, the main solution here is to be responsible for yourself Take this seriously. Wear masks. It doesn't hurt anyone. It actually hides your face from the surveillance systems. But it also, most importantly, protects other individuals who might be immune compromised, who might be sick, who might have something that they don't even know about from getting this sickness 
and dying from it. So again, this is why I think wearing masks is so key. We look at the data here. And weren't we they, weren't the they trying to make it illegal for people to wear masks? I mean, not too long ago, uh, during different Antifa rallies and, and all sorts of protests around the world. So it's funny how we've gone from, you know, it's illegal to wear masks and now everyone's being encouraged to wear masks. Well, I'm not sure if the CDC is still encouraging people to wear masks. Well, well, no, 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 no. Only, only we are encouraging and other independent media and other researchers and other, other experts in this field are, are, are recommending to wear masks the cdc issued a correction and said no don't wear a mask the surgeon general still don't wear a mask the world health organization don't wear a mask mainstream media regurgitating that garbage spitting it out back to you don't wear a mask again this is the most asinine criminal stupid thing that could happen they're making this worse they're making this worse and 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 it's borderline making this worse on purpose uh yeah yeah i was flying back when i was flying back from anarchapoco we're talking february 19th and actually i had a mask for the international side of the airport and the uh border patrol agent so i'm going through in a mask with and i'm actually of course i've got i finally caved and got my tsa pre-check at the worst time ever now that you don't need it uh so i go do my border patrol interview and i'm wearing a mask and they're like and the lady is just dumbfounded why have a mask on like they had no idea that this is like a global pandemic going on so i mean february 19th i mean it was still going on people knew about stuff in china and uh just by coincidence i was sitting next to two uh people from china so i decided i'd, I'd have the mask on but even the government agents they had i mean of course obviously it doesn't really surprise our audience but the government agents had no idea why somebody would have a mask on and we're talking almost into march here so no no uh, no surprise that this is spread yeah, yeah and it doesn't hurt anyone yes there's a shortage with the medical facility having them you could make your own masks and they still make a difference one because people who of course uh, may have the virus not know it or asymptomatic two it stops you and prevents you from touching your face three if you get a small dose of the virus your immune system is more likely to beat it than if you get a large dose of this virus and again um, we have the we have the chart up here I can you pull up the chart uh, on the Twitter showing countries that don't wear masks compared to countries that usually do wear masks Boom, got There's it. a big significance difference to how they're handling this entire crisis. And this entire crisis could have been avoided, could have been stopped if we all took individual self-responsibility for ourselves and didn't act like idiots and didn't allow government to step in and take away all of our rights and destroy the economy and destroy our lives. That's my take on it. I hope we cleared up some of the muddy waters of the disinformation out there. Conspiracy theorists are right and wrong sometimes. Mainstream media is right and wrong sometimes. The truth is always somewhere in the middle if you actually look at it, if you see the data. But overall, I think the bigger takeaway here is wear a mask. They're trying to make it worse. Uh, that's, that's kind of my larger takeaway. Tim? No, and uh, the one other important thing you forgot, if you wear a mask and go to the airport, uh, nobody hassles you and you can get right through uh, immediately. So that's one more benefit to having a mask. Also, maybe if you get pulled over, it might help you out as well. I don't know, but uh, just uh, see, see upside on uh, you know, for wearing If I'm getting pulled over, I'm not opening my window. Police officers are the most affected by this, especially in New York City, because they're making contact to contact people. In Rhode Island, they literally have the troops and the police officers going door to door, hunting down New Yorkers. This is lunacy. This is insane. Officers Officers are going to get infected. Officers are in small precincts, small uh, rooms together in their changing rooms, their locker rooms. They spread it all around. This is stupid. This is so stupid uh, to have this. It absolutely makes no sense, and that deserves to be called that as well. Hope we cleared out some of the disinformation. Love us, hate us, doesn't matter. That's the truth according to us. Let us know what you think down in the comment section below. Hey, stay, stay tuned for more. We're doing two more videos, social, political uh, updates, economic updates, which, of course, Tim, that's a specialty. Lots 
lots of news coming your way here on Change the News.